Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. If you like this podcast, if you benefit from this podcast or you benefit from some of the writing that we do on Instagram, on Facebook, if you attend our connection sessions that take place every second Sunday on Zoom, if you have been a member of our Flourish coaching course, you may, 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 being the operative word I appreciate, may want to make a subscription to our Patreon page. Why would I do that, Yusuf? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there are a number of different audio recordings on there. I can't remember exactly how many, but I think it's more than 20. At least it may be even more than that. And there's also a number of different connection sessions uploaded in full on the Patreon page. Every time we have a connection session on Zoom, I put the whole unedited recording up onto Patreon. And there are a number of different articles as well. Some things that I've written um, reflecting on topics, themes related to personal growth, the pursuit of wholeness according to the Islamic tradition. But what if you don't want to make a contribution? Well, that's cool. Don't worry about it. That's all love. Enjoy the podcast. Take it easy. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, may the peace and the blessings of Allah be with all of you. How are you? How's everyone doing? I pray that you're well. I pray that everything is going well for you, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah Almighty bless you and your loved ones and your families and your endeavors and your projects and everything that you're involved in. May Allah Almighty grant you great success, inshallah ta'ala. And I hope that everyone's in the best of conditions and the best of states. Now, in conjunction with the beginning of a new Flourish coaching group, I'm going to begin a series of podcasts, four podcasts, exploring a compass that I have put together, trying to visualize, trying to symbolize, you might say, some of the ideas that I have about the process of attaining balance, of attaining wholeness. Now, the members of the Flourish coaching group already have a copy of that compass. They can see it. And those of you who are not in the coaching group can click on the link below in the description of this podcast and you will be able to see the image that I am discussing. So it might be worthwhile looking at that first so that we can understand, so we can comprehend exactly what I'm speaking about. That's the kind of conceptual map which will underpin the next four podcasts. Remember that we understand the path, the way, the way of well-being, the, the path of Islamic spirituality to be a journey towards completeness, a journey towards wholeness. Um, the idea in the Islamic tradition of becoming complete is represented by the, the term insani kamil, a complete and, and, and whole human being. And how are we meant to, to seek that? And what does it mean? What does it mean to become complete? And what does it mean to become whole? And I think that I owe you that, an explanation for those of you who listen to this podcast, who may be considering this a kind of personal development podcast or a way for me to learn information or to learn things that I can utilize in my career so that I can become successful and wealthy and rich. That's not the endeavor. Maybe some of the things that we talk about, some of the things that we discuss may well be applicable to the workplace, may well help you to become successful in the worldly sense. But I must warn you, I must make it explicit that that's not the objective. This is not a, a podcast which is trying to improve or increase your productivity or make you someone who is even more successful and more wealthy. 
the objective here is solely and exclusively the pleasure of Allah Almighty. And that places us outside of the norm, that places us on the fringes of society because there is something that is more significant than our own desires. There is something that is more important to us than our own happiness at times. To contextualize that, what we are seeking is the pleasure of Allah, the pleasure of the Creator. And that is our sole and exclusive objective. And by means of moving in the direction of the divine pleasure, then we begin to discover who we are and what we are at the very deepest level. And that means that we have a different purpose, a different objective to life. The reason that we exist is not to earn as much as possible. It's not to be noticed. It's not to be significant. It's not to be the one who's on the front page of the magazine or has the most Instagram followers or X, Y, Z. Instead, what we are seeking is the is the pleasure of the creator, is to live a life of deep meaning, live a life of contribution, the greatest contribution that we can possibly make. And it may well be that by means of your contribution, you do get on the front page of the magazine or you do become celebrated and famous. And it is most certainly true that when we focus upon our contribution, then we will most likely become a far better employee. We become a far better leader, we become a far better father or mother a far better contributor to society. But remember that the objective is not to rise up in the ladder. It's not to become noticed. It's to become noticed in the divine court. Allah knows your condition and knows that which is inside of you. The project of the spiritual wayfarer is to seek Allah's pleasure above all else. And that is liberating in a way because it means that the outcomes of your endeavors are not really your concern or your problem. That which takes place in the world will take place by means of his will and he will give you the outcome that you need in order to attain your objective. And what is that objective? That objective is drawing closer to him, becoming closer to that wholeness, coming closer to that primordial beauty that dwells inside of you. Now, when you make that your primary concern, when you state that la ilaha illallah, there is no deity, there is nothing that will stand in the way of my worship of Allah Almighty, then you sacrifice that kind of middle class professional project. It's your purpose in life is not to acquire, it's not to get anything, but rather it is to give everything to Allah Almighty. And when you do that, then you must understand, you must accept that maybe life won't always be simple and smooth. Maybe it will be rocky. Maybe there will be some turbulence. Maybe there will be turmoil at times. We have to be prepared to accept that. It's not as simple as the one who wants to rise up the professional ladder, working day and night in order to achieve a different objective. I think that's a really important point to make as a part of the introduction to the compass that I want to look at now. On the vertical line of the compass, at the top it says the heavens and at the bottom it says the earth. The top is the heavens and the bottom is the earth and the universal balance, the ultimate balance, the place of equilibrium and peace is between the two of them. Now this is inspired by a passage, a paragraph that is written by Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad may Allah grant him long life, where he says, where he speaks about the salah, he speaks about the prayer, and he says that the believer is, when they begin the prayer, standing upright with their head in the heavens, uh, in the heavens, and then they make ruku, and they bow down, and then they make sajda, they prostrate, and they place their head on the ground, on the earth, so heavens, when you're standing and then when you're prostrating, your head is upon the earth. But where does the prayer finish? It finishes in a sitting position, which Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad 
describes as the khalifal, I don't know how I'm mixing Arabic and English there, the caliph's position, let's say. What does the word caliph or khalifa in the Arabic language mean? It means a custodian, the one who is able to weave the heavens and the earth together. That is the position of completeness. The one who is whose head is in the clouds, that's a common idiom in the English language, right? He, he's got his head in the clouds. One who is so spiritual, so entirely and utterly detached from the worldly existence that he becomes ineffective, he becomes extremely naive, that they become, you know, incapable of having any consequential impact upon the dunya, upon the world in which we live and operate. Now, when we look at the Blessed Messenger Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he was not like that. He is the archetype of human perfection, but he was the perfect balance. But he was active in the world. He was a husband. He was a uh, the, a political leader of a nascent state, right? He was a warrior. He was a businessman. He was a trader. He was a community worker. He was a counsellor. You know, he was a spiritual guide. He was all of these things. So sometimes there is this idea of spiritual immaturity, which is the belief that everything is flowery and everything is, you know, so peaceful and so serene. And one cannot actually see what's taking place inside of the world. One becomes so detached. They're a, they're a person of little consequence and little significance because this religion is, is earthly. This religion is vital. This religion is grounded. This religion is real and authentic. This religion is the perfect path to human optimization. And human optimization is not purely spirit. The human being is not just a spirit. There is a bodily form here. So when we prostrate in the sajda, we lower ourselves down to the level of the earth. But there is a concern about being so earthly, so worldly, that we are incapable of seeing the meaning behind the moment that we are operating within. Remember that the spiritual path, ultimately, the way of well-being is ultimately a matter of contextualization, contextualizing the moment in which you are operating. Because sometimes in life, there are these awesome moments when you look up at the night sky or you go to, you see the, a storm brewing outside or you see the moon or you see all of these beautiful moments that take place in life, these incredible natural phenomenon or even, you know, conversations, deep conversations the presence of children, so many different means by which you can touch the awe in the universe. But does that same spirit of awe touch you when it's time to change the oil on your car, for example, or when it's time to pay the bills or when you have to get up and go to work and do a task that you're not really that excited about? Now, how does that happen? How do we make every moment sacred? Well, it's by means of contextualization. It's means of contextualizing the moment, because even if you have to change the oil on the car or you have or you have to pump up a flat tire, alhamdulillah, by Allah's mercy, you have the limbs to be able to do so. You have the resources, you have a car, you know, you have the capacity to be able to do these things. So every moment should be pregnant with gratitude should be determined, defined by your shukr, your gratitude to Allah Almighty. Every single moment contains blessings, even if that moment is slightly, you know, bitter to the taste, even if it's hard, even if it's really tragic and difficult, there are still immense blessings in the moment. If you become too earthly, if you become too worldly, 
then you into this kind of nihilism. There is no purpose to this. The only purpose of life, as we mentioned at the beginning, is to get as much as possible. There is no deeper meaning. There is no deeper sense of purpose. There is nothing beyond the apparent, the immediately apparent, and sometimes the apparent looks mundane, and therefore life collapses into something that is deeply insignificant, deeply painful, and there's no way out of that darkness, that, that overwhelming sense of meaninglessness. And where does Islam land? Where does the saintly being land? Where does our tradition land? Well, it lands perfectly in the caliphal, khalifal, I don't know how to say it, in the caliph's posture between the heavens and the earth, weaving, combining, fusing the sacred reality of existence, the spiritual reality of existence with the practical nature of human life. And that's where we want to be. We don't want to be someone who is so detached so head in the clouds that they're of no use to anyone because they're constantly having quote-unquote spiritual experiences but not dealing with the minutiae of life but we also don't want to be tugged down into a place in which we are solely and exclusively concerned with the material at the expense of that which is spiritual at the expense of that which is soul-bound and that's the beauty of the islamic tradition in order for us to understand this perfect balance, we just need to look to the Blessed Messenger Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, whom, who we said was the archetypal, who we said is the archetype of human perfection. He was the most spiritually alert human being in history. He was the one who was able to see things that we do not see. In fact, at times the unseen would become apparent to him, meaning that he could see things physically that other people couldn't see. He was in the constant presence of the unseen. He could understand the context of the moment in a way that no other human being has ever been able to do. But at the same time, he worked in the marketplace. He mended his own shoes. He kept his house clean and tidy. You understand? He would fast, but he would also eat. He would marry. He would spend time with his wives. This is the nature of our tradition. It is an earthly, vital, authentic way of living. This is the reason why our tradition is perfect. And that's the reason why our tradition is perfect for every single age as well. Meaning that now, are you commanded if you take up this path to move to the mountains and to renounce absolutely everything that you own? No, that's not what you're commanded to do. You're commanded to have a different mentality, to look at the universe in a different way and to seek to strike that balance. Of course, the spiritual wayfarer who doesn't engage in any spiritual practices is impotent. The spiritual wayfarer who is constantly isolated from the rest of society with the intention of worshipping Allah Almighty all day, every single day, in a manner that the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did not. This is also impotence. This is moving beyond the requirements, moving beyond the, the, the perfect equilibrium and balance that this tradition establishes. And you must consider, which of those two extremes do you lean towards? In this day and age, there are people on both ends. There are people who have like renounced life and said, I'm so spiritual that I transcend all of these petty things around me. I pay my bills late. I don't do this. I don't do that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm above that. I've transcended it. That's a problem. And there's other people who are so deeply rooted in the earth that they see nothing else. It becomes dark when you start to burrow down into the earth. There's no light anymore. You can't see the wisdom, the reason for things that take place. And the only measure of success is, is financial or based upon status or based upon some other uh, hierarchy, conventional social hierarchy. 
we have to strike the balance between the two and we have to lean in the other direction. Wherever we find ourselves, if we find ourselves head in the clouds, then we have to bring ourselves down to the earth. If we find ourselves burrowed deep down in the earth, then we have to elevate ourselves to infuse every moment with spiritual meanings. Know that the path to Allah Almighty, know that personal growth, that, that clarity of vision is found in social interactions, in social transactions. Our tradition has this close affiliation and connection with trade. Engage in work, work in your community in a manner that is halal and permissible, not with the objective of becoming the boss, not with the objective of becoming rich, with the objective of pleasing Allah Almighty of seeking the divine pleasure, of acting appropriately and acting with adab. Make your life an articulation of gratitude to Allah Almighty and then you will find openings at every juncture, you will find openings at every turn because never lose sight of the heavenly nature of existence, the blessed nature of existence. Never lose sight of the divine pleasure, never lose sight of the divine presence because he is with you at every moment. And if your intent is for other than him, then you will have other than him. You will gain the things of this world. You will gain success in this world. Or maybe you will be over, overwhelmed by failure in this world because you cannot contextualize when things don't turn out the way that you want them to. Let's finish with the statement of Ibn Atiillah Askandari. May Allah be well pleased with him. May Allah sanctify his secret. The one who has found Allah, then what could he possibly have lost? The one who has lost Allah, then tell me what could he possibly have found? Allah Almighty wishes to bring you to him and he will place you in the circumstances that you need to be in order to draw closer to him. So therefore, wherever you find yourself, do your best in those circumstances. Do not ignore the spiritual. Do not ignore the worldly. Try to find that perfect balance between the two. You don't have to be a CEO. You don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to be super significant in society. In fact, in many ways, these can be immense and problematic obstacles. But the Almighty will place you where you must be so that you can come to know him. He knows best. Your responsibility, in the words of our teacher, Sheikh Ibrahim, is not to have the whole affair planned out. You don't need to know where you're going to be in 10 years time. And what you need to do is to push towards the light. You need to do that which you consider to be appropriate. You need to do that which you consider to be pleasing to Allah Almighty. And when your intent is correct, he will move you forward in a manner that you could never conceptualize or never understand. Does that mean that we don't make any plans at all? That we don't make plans for the future? No, we can make plans. But anyone who is Quranically literate will know that they plan, but Allah is the best of planners. Don't be too firmly gripping on to that plan that you've established because he knows better and he will take you to exactly where you need to be. Seek the light, seek the balance, and inshallah, Allah Almighty will elevate you to places that you had never dreamed of. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammadin Abadika wa rasulika nabiyan ummi Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim ajma'in Subhana rabbika rabbil aizati amma yasifun Wassalamun ala mursaleen Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Assalamu alaikum